welcome everybody to episode five of All In with Aqueous. I am your host, Mike Lon Memo Minio, and we are brought to you by Community Beer Works here in Buffalo. Special treat today, we have bass extraordinaire Evan McFadden with us. He is freshly off a beautiful haircut. He's looking fresh for us today. And we got Evan. So, Evan, welcome. Yeah, yeah, excited. Good to have you, man. Finally, you're the last of the four Aqueous members. That's right. I mean, Rob went before you. That's kind of <laughs> crazy. So uh, we're, we're happy to have you. You're looking fresh. Let's talk about the hair. How's it feel? It feels good. Yeah? It feels good. Um, it was just time. It was just time? You know, I, ha- I saw a lot of people in the jam community, specifically musicians that have cut their hair recently, that I felt proud that I could do it. Like I was like, oh, man, they did it. They look fine. Nothing seems weird, so I did it, and it was a little weird. It was weird at first. It didn't feel comfortable at all. Yeah, and I feel like there was a little backlash on online. Yeah, I mean, you're we like hippie Evan. <laughs> like we've we've watched that guy grow. That's true over yeah. the years. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's fine. I'm getting used to it. Looks, but looks good now. Though. I'll I'll know to the listeners in person. It's looking good. I'm yeah. I'm you're looking solid, man. Thank it's you. cool. I feel it's like cool. I'm ready for another did, haircut already. Did you get to donate the hair? Was there enough? Or yeah, I guess I had eight inches and <laughs> <that's>... sorry, <laughs> eight inches of hair. Yeah, and I'm trying to do it to the Pantene program, I believe. But cool. yeah, wigs for kids could also take it, I guess. I mean, that's cool. But yeah, super cool. But either way, at least it's going to somewhere good. Yeah. So, all right, we'll talk about music, I guess. <laughs> I guess enough about the hair. So. Let's start with um, kind of I thought was a, a highlight for you guys was going to Jam Cruise. Mm-hmm. And I know I have some friends and people that saw you that were very impressed with how you guys did. So let me know what you thought about Jam Cruise, if you want to talk about anybody you saw that you liked and yeah. you know what the overall experience was. Yeah, Jam Cruise was pretty amazing. Like I left there being saying um, I understand why people go back every year. Like when people say that they're a lifer, it makes sense. Like everything's so easy like every show is five minutes apart from each other like you don't have to walk anywhere it's pretty much an amazing festival on a cruise ship which is awesome sure and like it's pretty funk oriented which is cool and it's cool to see that there was like i feel like we're not as funk oriented so it was cool to see like um more rock bands on there too i know i saw like andy frasco blew the ship up it was yeah. crazy like he's crowd surfing drinking beer while crowd surfing and like who you'll actually be playing with at cobblestone live yeah yeah so i'm, I'm pretty for that. i'm all i've heard is how awesome andy oh frasco God. was so you're in for a treat i can't wait so <laughs> it's actually on my birthday the first day so really that's pretty cool i don't know if he plays on that day or not hopefully he does we'll work it out I'll, yeah. I'll be there for sure um well i actually think you guys bring the funk pretty good yourself so don't mm-hmm. sell yourself short yeah, yeah. on that you guys i get that from a lot of people uh, any so you saw any Frasco you liked them? Anybody mm-hmm. else you saw that you were impressed um, with? Or? I've never seen Naughty Professor before, and they were awesome. Um, they played with Charlie Tuna, which was even more cool. And like they were so tight, bass and drums were like locked in to a T. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, they were awesome. 
Turquoise like ruled the boat this year. They were everywhere. It was crazy. Um, Shira's Jazz Lounge was mind blowing to me. I was like, it opens up with a Stevie Wonder song, Golden Lady. I'm like, I'm in the right place right now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, Turquoise has so many people. So mm-hmm. also at Cobblestone Live. I mean, yeah. Josh, I'm pu- I'm pumping your your show <laughs> right here. I mean, it's a good lineup. It's pretty it's, cool. So it's great lineup. So. Um, so then after Jam Cruise, you guys opened for Papadozio um, for a pretty good amount of dates, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did that go? Great, great. It's it's interesting doing the opening slots because it's very diff- not very different, but we have a lot of moving parts when we set up, and they have a very big production as well. So it's it's tough to kind of combine those things, but it worked really well. Like Everything was very comfortable. Um, Good guys, right? Very good guys. Super relaxed, very down to earth, like easy to hang. It's awesome. And I know that they have a tour bus and they have a Wii U on the tour bus. We didn't get to play it this time, but we have dates coming with them up. And we're definitely going to be playing some Super Smash Brothers. Nice. So expect to see that. And I guess actually the next dates we have in Virginia have a basketball court in the green room. Whoa. So yeah, I guess they've been like, they talked about these. Uh, green rooms they talked them up they said both these venues that we're playing i think next week after the baltimore show are like some of the best green rooms in america that's what they said nice so can anybody ball in aqueous or uh we talk hard yeah we'll see what happens have you played with the guys before (laughs) never no so no you never see anybody shoot a basket oh oh yeah and in high school i've seen dave shoot a basketball actually was crazy dave this is one of the best stories from my high school years of dave is um there's this one kid, super tall. He had to be like six foot and like, what are we, like 5'10", five, ten, five, five, ten maybe at that point. And we're playing basketball in gym class. And the one kid just goes to like put it up, easy, easy layup. And Dave comes out of nowhere and like swats it out of his, like back in his face. And like, I think people were stunned because it was Dave. I mean, I'm stunned listening to it. So <laughs> like, I feel like I was stunned and I just was like, my jaw dropped to the floor and then I went just, oh, Tell me that Dave talked smack to him after. No, uh, I think damn, he just yeah. walked away. Yeah, I'm sure. Normally, Dave, I think if he would have knew him yeah. better, he would have talked smack because Dave talks a lot of smack <laughs> in the van. We need to have an episode of Dave just talking smack yeah. to people. We'll just bring random people onto the show <laughs> and just Dave can just brutalize Absolutely. them. That would be amazing. It was in a surreal moment, yeah. to say the least, though. I was like, all right. But Dave, Dave would be our captain i think all right so dozio you gotta look out yeah. for dave laws but they said rob and dozio the bass player in dozio they said that he's a legit fantastic baller nice i can ball a little bit myself yeah. but uh that's hilarious dave, we're gonna talk dave a big Law. game but all right i want to we need to we're, we're gonna need an update on this, there'll this be, basketball there'll be more, game. Yeah. Right. yeah some some <laughs> clips on social media so <laughs> dude that's great so uh, next week you're playing at the eight by ten. I will actually be there. Pretty pumped oh, about that. Nice. Bringing some people that have never seen you before. Um, you played there before, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty cool room. It's got a lot of history. Yeah, definitely. The I think the floor bounces there. Yeah, that's what they say. So, um, so let's talk about. Let's go kind of toward the the beginning. And you started playing bass at like what age? Um, around ninth, tenth grade. So. I want to say is that fourteen, something like that. Uh, no, you're yeah, somewhere in there, fifteen, yeah. yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, I remember I saw it was actually Mike's band that he was in called the Janitors, and they played I think at the end of the year 
at middle school for where we went to high school, where the community that we lived in. And uh, I remember Mike always tells this story because he says he wasn't allowed to play at that show because he didn't go to Rezzle. So he was there, but he didn't actually play on stage. So that's pretty funny. But nonetheless, I saw that band play. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I think that summer, I got like a garbage pit guitar, acoustic guitar, and it was, I learned it. Well, I did as best I could as a 14-year-old trying to play. I think I remember playing like uh, Time of Your Life by Green Day. And it's just out of tune badness. Mm -hmm. But I was doing it. And luckily, um, my dad was into music as well, younger. And uh, he kind of just went full bore and, and bought the stuff that I would need, that we would need to play. Because he played too, so he would pick it back up. And your he, dad, your dad played bass. Yeah. Oh, nice. My dad played bass, and he he bought um, he bought a Rickenbacker, um, and an amp and the stuff, and he bought a guitar for me, and the amp and stuff. So that's how I started, and then I believe, um, the community that we lived in had a lot of guitar players at the time, as you would think, mm-hmm. and um. They needed bass players, so I played. I started playing bass, and that's how I started playing bass. And I remember specifically, it was like this one friend of ours played a lot of Led Zeppelin covers, and he was like, "We should play Led Zeppelin covers." And I was like, "Absolutely!" So I basically learned. I got the tab book for like Led Zeppelin two and three, and I just learned those front to back. And my dad had it on cassette at that point because we had a cassette player, yeah, through a stereo. So I would just plug it in and play along with it and that's how i learned basically that's how i got into music so yeah it's kind of funny um so you and then you met mike when mike was or, in, or did you meet dave first well dave me dave and nick we all went to we basically all went to the same schools all the way through high school so okay. elementary middle school and high school we all we were always there um i was never like in the close circle with them until high school, but I knew of them. And I think when high school came around, then we started jamming on like Hendrix and the classic rock stuff. So it was cool. Nice. Yeah. So do you happen to remember the song that the janitors were playing when you <laughs> when you heard them? They played a white stripe song, I remember oh, that. Well, yeah. No kidding. Yep. Yeah. God, they were bad they're been around that long. Wow. Okay. So so Zeppelin you would say probably is an influence, right? Yep. Obviously, John Paul too. Jones for sure. Okay. Anybody else? Um, let's see. I know, like classic rock was always the thing when you're a teenager. I feel like, um, so if you're like, a smart teenager, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's make sure. Well, yeah, preteen, pre my preteens were different. Yeah. Uh, teenager though, John Paul Jones, Zeppelin, and I would play like um, listen to a lot of Hendrix back then. So Billy Cox and Noel Redding. We're huge. Band of Gypsies. It's a great album. Love that. Um, Cream. Just classic rock in general. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Tommy Shannon. Um, but yeah, I, I remember just doing Paper Route, listening to classic rock the whole time. And that's all I would do. So let's, maybe we'll fast forward real quick to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you listening to now? Um, any any guys that you just love to hear in today's so, game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I've moved. So classic rock was the first step, and I think then I got into the jam bands, and that's very influential because then you can just kind of explore everything at, once you get to a jam band. So like Mike Gordon, 
and Fish, obviously, and Stasic and Umphreys were like pretty big to us and to me personally as well. And then after that, I kind of got into like neo soul and funk and soul music, and that's kind of where I've landed now, where I'm like listening to that all the time. So like people like Pino Palladino, who play with D'Angelo, like that's the style of music that's like so chill and relaxed but like it's it's bass heavy without seeming bass heavy which is pure brilliance yeah if you can pull that off exactly so like pino um snarky puppy is another one that everyone i feel like if you're a musician you love snarky puppy they're just i think they're amazing so on point but michael league is like a genius um paul bender from hiatus coyote it's like my favorite band of all time after hearing um, that their one CD that came out with, it was just, it was so unique, and his bass approach is so unique as well. Like another thing where it's like, it's kind of bass heavy music, but you don't realize, you don't really realize it until you listen, and you're like, wow, there's just so much stuff going on. Nice. Although, yeah, Chuck Rainey, Steely Dan, so like, not really neo soul, but still like they're like their own genre. Yeah, I mean Steely Dan is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, um, your approach now, how how often would you say you practice and what's your kind of practice schedule like? Yeah, um I would say I I probably pick up my instrument close to every day, whether it's for a long time or not, maybe just like 10-15 minutes, but I'm always playing it, just noodling around and stuff. I actually have GarageBand that I I really like to make tracks on, and I feel like that kind of helps as well. I mean, just to always be involved in something music wise every day is nice do you do some writing all right yeah i write i write a couple songs like um specifically on the new album i wrote way of the word and there's another track that's coming out that i'm pretty proud of it's very different nice but it's gonna be very fun so way of the word is yours right yep awesome we love awesome awesome track so thanks thank you so that's cool yeah they can't tell you what the the track names are so we tried to get it out of it but (laughs) now That's coming out soon, right? I mean, the- yeah. I, I mean, it's going to be out by fall, and we're going to have a huge tour supporting it. I'm actually really excited for this album. I think um, it's it's sounding awesome. It sounds great, and I think we've stayed aqueous, but we've kind of explored um, different options within it as well. Instead of just being um, not just rock or a prog rock kind of band, but it's almost more vocal driven. More, we went to this being like, let's write songs for an album rather than let's write songs that we jam out on, then go to the album with. So I think, I think we, I feel really positive what we did with it. Um, but yeah, we definitely tried some new things here and there, and they turned out great. I, I, I really think it sounds awesome. And I, every time I listen back to the tracks that they've mastered or mixed so far, it's like, wow, this is. This is where we want to be. Exciting. I, I can't wait to hear it. So I don't even know. So I don't have any inside information. I haven't heard any of these. So mm-hmm. I'm really pumped to, to hear it. And I talked to Mike last night, and he is as excited as you are.
So let's talk. All right, there's the studio. So we got that coming out. Let's talk about some of the live experiences you've had. So, I mean, I'll give you obviously mine of probably my favorite moment of Evan McFadden had to be at Tom Ballroom oh my God. singing uh, Express Yourself yeah. and then crowd surfing and dropping the mic was, I mean, that was unbelievable. Like, yeah. I lost my mind. You were a badass <laughs> on stage, dude. Probably the coolest moment in my life up to this point. Yeah. Definitely. Like, did you go into that planning that or... I think we kind of joked about it earlier that day. Like, if I have any moment to do this, this would be that moment. And I kind of, I was a little scared. I remember asking Ryan, our sound guy and light guy, because he used to work at the bottom. He knows everyone. He was like, can I do this? And he was like, yeah, you can, but you got to let people know. And I didn't let anyone know. And I kind of screwed that up. But I kind of went for it. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was definitely weird. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. So... How did it come about that you were going to sing Express Yourself? Like, what's the converse? Is that like, we want to cover this, mm-hmm. and maybe Evan's the guy to do that? Or are you like, yo, I want to I want to rap Express Yourself? Because we used to do um, Regulators, yeah, right. where I kind of would grip the mic and rip it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think because we were opening, and we had Stenic around, and he's amazing, and he learned the track, and we, we asked him, I think there was a... We had two songs. We narrowed it down to this or Express Yourself. I think it was um, Beastie Boys. What's their hit? The Beastie Boys song, nonetheless. And um, he chose Express Yourself. And we're like, done deal. Because I feel like, for some reason, that song in our group was popular. I mean, it's a good song. I mean... But like, like, I grew up with that, yeah. so it is one of the most influential rap songs yeah. ever. But for us, like, I feel like we all knew those lyrics, right? It's like one of those ones where you're like, you know it. Because it's good. Yeah. Because it's really good. But, like, we would joke about it, and, like, that's the one where we're like, oh, we're, like, start our freestyle rap, and all of a sudden you're singing Express Yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not like we didn't know it, so it was easy. And but, then um, do you volunteer, or how does that process go? Um... Yeah, I guess I kind of was like, I kind of want to do this for this show. And okay. Then the next night we had Rob come up and sing, and we had Jordan sit in. So it was kind of cool because it was um, Buffalo shows where we can kind of get a little crazier. Right. Because it's not as, I don't know, not as official. Not not official, but like it's looser. You have a crowd that's in tune with you. Yeah. They, I mean, I know myself and people that have seen you for i mean you're talking 20 30 shows in the buffalo area i've seen you forever yeah, exactly. so it's a, it's a heady crowd mm-hmm. that's real into you so i agree with that uh the bass on express yourself what he crushed it yeah it was, oh my god yeah dude it was nasty he's so good um yeah that was an amazing moment i was i mean just it was fun to watch I, there's definitely videos of it, and mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the video, you need to check out like the rest of the band's face when Evan is, <laughs> yeah. is up there. Yeah, I like it's, you can see. I mean, it's like in that moment you can see how close everybody is, yeah. and like how much they love you. Like it's just like yeah. this is awesome. It was pretty because I feel like we all want to do that. Yeah, like and I feel like everyone should do it. Like, yeah, it's an amazing experience. It, it definitely like was that your first time ever crowd surfing? No, no, okay. it wasn't. I. <laughs> Um, Thursday at the Square. Do you remember those shows? I was at many of those. The Disco Biscuits played there. <laughs> and uh, I think they played a Rage song once at one of those. And I ended up crowd surfing during that. And the weird part was once I w- was dropped down, 
I kicked someone in the head on the way down and I got up and it was like this kid I haven't seen for like five years. And he's like, Oh, Hey, what's up, James? And he's like, nothing. And I was like, okay, see ya. (laughs) Super weird. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that was the first time I crowd surfed. But yeah, I mean, it's a pretty cool experience. I remember at the ballroom, I was up there and, um, I remember looking back at the crowd like, oh, shit. And I, I remember I locked eyes with Mike, and we were just like, this is weird. This is crazy. It went smooth. Like, you yeah. went out perfectly and mm-hmm. came back at, yeah. like, a nice pace. Yep. I have um, – I saw The Offspring probably in the early 90s, and there was crazy crowd surfing. I remember that my buddy actually pulled this dude's wallet out of his <laughs> jeans. And we were – I was in high school, and he pulls it out, and this dude's social security number is in there. Oh, my God. His, like, ATM pin number, <laughs> like – I mean, so there's that story. I also saw, I can't remember who I saw, like Third Eye Blind in college or something. And it was in a gym and I crowd surfed. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget it. I came to an open space and I got dropped on oh. the gym floor. You could yeah. just see it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you just see there's no other people yeah. there. And then boom, you just, down. You can dropped, hear it and so. everyone's like, oh. So, yeah. I'm glad you had a much better experience. Yeah, uh, I, was, I got very I, lucky. I, I'm almost scared to, no, I can't say I'm not going to do it again, but it has to be right. It yeah. just has to be right. I feel like yeah. you just can't do you it. You got a lot to live up to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was a moment. So. It was a moment. It was it was crazy. So do you have any others that you might want to talk about that you know, some of your favorite moments on stage? Anything that comes to mind? Yeah, um over the years, I just think shows that we've always pictured ourselves playing on like bigger stages always come up as like um Peach Fest last year. We did um the stage up from the grove stage i can't remember what the stage is called uh but it was pretty cool kind of surreal experience that and um a lot of the festival like the summer camp last year was also like that was really cool to play on that big stage at sunset like it's kind of weird those are crazy pictures from that show yeah Yeah. so it's kind of surreal to be up there playing and then look out and be like i was in the crowd at one point now i'm here and all the like this the the field is filled like it's very cool and very humbling. What about Boss Tweed? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> what do you think about Boss Tweed and those shows? Those those are weird. I don't know who's in the band or not. No. But yeah. Yeah. I, I heard some people go there and yeah. it gets crazy and it sucks. It's pretty wild. So those are all the ideas that Aqueous can't do. <laughs> so we just transfer them to Boss Tweed and like yeah. What if we smashed a watermelon on stage? Do you have a favorite Boss Tweed moment? I think the first show we played was amazing. It was very raw. No one really knew what to expect. I feel like us and the crowd. And the crowd, because <laughs> we had these ideas that we're going in. We're like, okay, well, we're going to do these ideas. Like, We just have to man up and do these ideas. Like, And I don't think, I don't think anyone was expecting that from us at all. So I think that was like the funnest one. Because like to smash a, a watermelon on stage, it really, it goes everywhere. It's like yeah. it's not a little thing, or just Mike skateboarding on stage is like so <laughs> out there. Like we want to do those things all the time. It's just Boss Tweed is the right outlet for it. It's cool. I think it's hilarious, and just a. I don't see anybody doing anything like that. So <laughs> wait till you see Andy Frasco. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I hear. So, um, do you have any favorite shows that? You know, anything that um, you guys, you thought you just linked up and you hmm. just absolutely love? Yeah, actually, I think that Pittsburgh show that we released 
I really remember feeling pretty good about that one. Um, it's great. Yeah, that I was... just played a couple tracks on the uh, episode I did for before you here that okay, I did cool. my jams. So yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun one. I think that was our one of our tour closers, and we yeah. just kind of let it all hang out. Then. It's really and good. It was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't think. I can't think of anything that really stands out. The I mean, the New Year's Eve show was awesome. I feel like my memory, my mind is only set in like past two weeks sure. and forward two weeks yeah. and anything on the outside of that is like i have to be revisited by it the detroit show is a big favorite of mine ferndale Fern, yeah otis yeah. supply I think. yeah um just as a heads up that's mm-hmm. you'll i'll be playing some tracks from that oh, okay, that's cool. really really good uh so let's let's see what else we want to talk about so i guess this is a good segue so me personally I've had some conversations with your bandmates. I think you have grown a lot in since I've started hearing you play. So mad props on your growth as a bass player. <laughs> Thank you. And I think it has really helped move the band to new heights. Mm-hmm. So I think that you've found the ability to really groove, yet when it comes time and you hear an empty space, I've heard you take the lead a lot more than you did when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that? And yeah. and let's let's maybe talk about why you think that's changed, or you know maybe let's talk about the evolution of your playing. I guess I, I feel like nothing's changed that much for me personally. I do feel more confident on stage at least and more comfortable. I think that has another, that has everything to do with it really. Yeah. Just um, when you're able to feel like you can take chances and like feel like you can take a lead or feel like you can like lay down something that fits and fits well. I feel like that's everything. Like you want to be as comfortable as you can on stage. And we're getting to that point where I feel like, Almost every show we're very comfortable. We have in ears and we do everything we do setup wise to make ourselves feel comfortable. So I would say that would probably be the biz- biggest aspect. Um, but yeah, I think as, as a whole, the band has matured a little bit. And the fact that like we're not trying to shred all the time now, like we're trying to lay back and groove and be more patient and let things build the right way that they should build. Instead of like, oh, okay, let's just guitar solo here. And Dave's actually been playing a lot of keys more lately. So I feel like that's more conducive to like grooving and maybe uh, more bass oriented kind of things instead of like, not that it's bad, but like a guitar harmonies all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when we were younger, we did a lot of guitar harmonies and they're, they're great because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like amazing and they're very good at it. Um, but variety is the spice of life. Exactly. So we're we're kind of, I think, really finding our sound in this last year when we added Rob, and he's he's amazing and like can groove very hard and we can also rock just as hard. So I think that idea that we can 
do everything that we want to do is great. And obviously the rhythm section, the two of you, is wicked important. Any band, you got to have the drummer mm-hmm. and the bass link up. Yeah. So did you find it right away with Rob or did it take a little bit? Or Yeah. No, I would say I remember we were doing the auditions and his audition tape was the last one to come in. And I remember thinking like, oh, man, like this guy has the feel that we want. And it looks like he's like we like hard hitting drummers like um, I don't know. There's just the right sound that fits our sound mm-hmm. when you hit the drums very hard. Um, and he does that. And he just has the right feel, the groove, and we all have the same mindset too. And I think like when when me and him play together, uh, we try and link up a lot, which is awesome. And uh, he'll maybe throw in an extra kick somewhere here, and then like I hear then like on the on next ten seconds we're linked up, or he'll hear me some do something, and he'll link up with that. So it's, I think that's amazing that we can listen to each other so so fluently. When you're on stage, is that? mostly what you're listening to like is that your first so like if you're playing like mm-hmm. let's kind of get in your mind a little bit yes yeah. i think this is interesting <laughs> so when you're on stage like what are you listening to do you hear him first or you just kind of float over top of the other three guys like how does that work for you um, as far as what you know you need to play next i have so we all use the in-ears and i have kick rob's kick drum very loud in my ear so i always can hear what because i feel like we both like that syncopation and in in um the rhythm section so like if he's doing like bump bump i'm i'm hitting like a bump bump with it and i feel like that automatically just makes you uh feel tighter than what you really are well not what you really are but it's just um letting you get off on the right foot i guess okay so i feel like if you're tight from the beginning then you can kind of expand expand from that yeah exactly so I, i hear rob's kick drum the most um then Probably Mike's guitar is pretty loud. My bass is very loud in my ears. Dave's keys are subtle, but, I mean, loud enough that I can hear what he's doing. Let's see. My sub fatty is pretty loud, but that's a good feeling, though. Yeah. Like, the sub fatty in my ears is, like, full, so full it feels great. And then, like, when there's subs underneath the stage and you can feel it from the stage, it's, like, the best feeling nice. ever. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I have... I feel like I have a pretty good mix, and then I I feel like, like you said, like we all we all make space for each other now, which is which is a beautiful thing. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So, I think that um, I think that your growth has kind of coincided with the jams going more longer and off the deep end. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that I mean I listen to a lot of music, and obviously I listen to a lot of you guys. But I think that um, I don't hear a bass player like just you groove sometimes on the same rhythm yeah. or note or whatever yeah, or yeah. bar. I'll hear it for a couple minutes. Yeah. Like so, talk about that. Like I mean, I don't really hear is it extended like that mm-hmm. from other bass players. Like you'll obviously you need to lay it down so that the other guys in the band can hear what's going yeah. on. But I mean, you'll just if it's if it's going good, I'll hear you play the same yeah. thing. So let's talk about yeah, that. Um, I think that just if it feels right, you do it. Like, and if it feels right, just don't change it. Yeah, and that's what I like. I think like when I mentioned all those bass players I was influenced by, I feel like they're all deep pocket players. Like, they're not trying to be fancy. They're not trying to be heard or anything like that. They're just trying to lay it down, and that's kind of what I aim to do. Like, I don't want to 
Mike and Dave are amazing. Like they can do whatever they need to do and it's going to sound great, but I need to just keep it simple. And that's what I really like. That's what I like to do. I like giving it simple and letting it groove. But they're also, I think they will, I think they're doing such a good job with hearing you. Mm -hmm. And when you got an idea, that's what I've noticed is it's coming up. And some of my favorite jams have been ideas that you've put down. So yeah, you're killing it, dude. So (laughs) yeah, it's really good stuff. It's cool. So tell us about your bass. What are you playing now? I have a Mayonis Jabba Custom 5. It's a Polish company. It's It feels amazing. McFadden it, sounds Polish. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Lots of pierogies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it feels great. It plays great. I like that it's it's bright but full still. And it's, it's so good. Uh, um, How long ago did you get that? Mm, two years, two and a half years now. Yeah, I remember we had a show in New York City, a fish after party with Munion, and I, I bought it on the way to that show, and it was. Where did you buy? Did you buy it online? I bought it in or... Syracuse. I found it online. Okay. And I bought it in Syracuse on the way because it was on the way. So I bought it, and I was looking for this bass, this particular bass, for like three months since that moment, and I was like, Did you play it before or? So, um, Ryan Nogle, our old drummer, he's a gear collector but he also plays all the instruments too and he he's he's a pretty decent bass player um and he has that bass he has a different the same model but different wood it's a little heavier but i played that bass for one of our I, shows i think it, i was there i think it was yeah. at ironworks it was at ironworks yeah was it the halloween show or the day after mm. that you did dark or um dark side of the moon i think that it was it, i think it i remember been this. those ones yeah but i i had that bass for that show and i like i remember playing i was like oh my god like i remember thinking the same thing and i think i talked to you after yeah. and you were like lit up yeah. of like that thing is amazing it's, it, it has like it has angular pickups in it and it just sounds so good it's so bright and like but deep still. That's what I love yeah. about it. That's it, like that's my favorite thing. My that's my tone. Like if you need to be bright, you can be bright. If you need to pop, it's there. But if you want to sit back and lay back and groove, it's deep and full. Yeah. So it's like oh. it's 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 a good sound for yeah. you. And it's I mean it just plays so easy. It's it's amazing. Nice. How many strings? Just five strings. Five yeah. string. Um. And now you have a piano or a keyboard. Yeah, a little sub fatty. Yeah, sub fatty. That's great. It's it's fun. I like. Uh, Definitely influenced from Snarky Puppy. Seeing them, seeing Mike League play like a sub fatty adds so much. Like it's such such a cool other aspect that you can still bring. And I really like it because I can change up my style, I guess. Yeah. So if we want to go to like a drum and bass jam, that's like amazing for it. Or anything really, like all the grooves that we do. I'll play that all day. Yeah, it's cool. No qualms with that. Nice. Um... So have you written any of the older songs or um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we all the thing with uh writing and our writing is that we all kind of write it. Someone will come with an idea or something and then we all kind of pitch in ideas. And I think that's my favorite way to do it, is to be collective so everyone feels like it's theirs, really. Um but the songs that I came up with an idea for would be like Origami or Twenty Twenty, uh Dig It Good can definitely hear the bass in origami. Yeah, right. Um, 2020, man, that's kind of coming back. Nice. Yeah, I, no, I like that It was that gone one. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Great, great tune. And I'm sorry, what was after 2020? Uh, Dig, it good, Dig It Good, which is an nice. old one. Yeah. yeah. All In was like half. I started the first half, and I think Mike 
got the second half and then the end I filled in uh Gordon's Mule and then yeah Way of the Word and this other one that's coming up on the new album cool those are good man but yeah I mean I'm I'm very happy with them and all the work that we do I think everyone when we write and everyone throws in an idea that's the best way to to do it yeah nice so do you have any songs that you like to jam on right now or yeah I think Underlier would be one of my favorite ones. Cool tune. Yeah. It, it Again, groove is good. And then I feel like we can always take it somewhere. It's a good jam vehicle. The one, the one from Syracuse is real good. I just started listening to that the other day. Although I think Mike's amp blew in okay, that show. Okay, I was show, trying to think of where that was. It's a, you only played three songs, yeah. and it was the middle one, but it's really good. Dude, what did we open up that show with? Was it Uncle Phil's? Yes. Okay. I think, I think it blew right, yeah, 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 right, right away. Yep. But yeah, I, I always enjoy that one. I think it's a well-crafted song, and everything about it just feels good. I mean, All In is like the jam vehicle, yeah. and you guys always take yeah. that one deep. Always from the start, mm-hmm. you know, since that was always been around. I remember seeing like a 30-minute version yeah, or right? something yeah. like that and Uncle Phil's. Those ones always go, can, they can go any way. That's, that's the that's best part it. about it is like you have a structure, and then once you get to this one point, it's like anything can happen here. Sure. So do you have... Um, so we're talking a lot about music, so let's let's break it up a little bit. Do you have any other good kind of stories behind the scenes? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about, you know, we talk about Dave being Manute Bull and swatting yeah. guys. and right. Dave's a baller. Shaquille O'Neal, Dave Loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. Um, we played a show at the Java Barn. Actually, the, every basically every time we play the Java yeah. Barn, there's something happening. And it's it's great. Uh, but this particular time, I remember I worked early in the day. It was kind of a last-minute show edition. I worked early in the day, and we were going up and coming back the same night, and I had worked the next day as well, early. So I remember um, me just being nervous coming home that night, being like, ah, everyone's so tired and beat. Like, something's going to happen. Like, we're going to crash or something. And luckily, we've never crashed, knock on wood. Um but I had the back seat and I was sleeping and we were coming to a toll and the van slowed down and I went to sleep being like, I'm nervous. I think something wrong is going to happen. I hope something wrong doesn't happen. But I remember the van slowing down and I woke up out of nowhere <laughs> and, and I just screamed like, uh, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shit. And I just screamed that out of nowhere and no one said a sound. No one acknowledged it at all or anything. So I just went back to sleep. And then when we finally got home, they're like, hey, man, like, is everything all right? Like, what happened back then? I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, you kind of just like woke up and just started screaming. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know what? I thought I did that, but no one acknowledged me. So I didn't think I did that. So they're just like, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty alarming. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I just went to bed thinking that we're going to (laughs) crash. So I think in my mind, like, do you remember who was driving? I think Ryan Nogo yeah. was driving, and uh, I was just, it was just, I didn't even, I just accepted it for what it was. Like, I was like, yeah, I did it. It's fine. It's pretty weird, but that was, that was like one of my favorite stories on the road so far. But really, anytime we go to the Jabber Barn, it's just, it's just mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Boss Tweed without, without being Boss Tweed. Yeah, exactly. So, it's cool. Uh, any others? You or are you, you good there? Let's see. I feel like all our crazy stories happened when we were younger. Um, played oh yeah, this... you guys are old and wise now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 
You've really calmed down. <laughs> All these years of craziness. Uh, the one time we did play in Lake George, and uh, the promoter had an after party. It was in like an outdoor show in an amphitheater, small amphitheater. And uh, there's an after party at this bar next door, and he was like, okay, you guys, there's an open bar. You guys have whatever you want. Put it on my tab. And we were like, oh, shit, an open bar? We're going for it. <laughs> so we went for it, and I remember, like, this is when Nick was in the band, and we just met one of these fans that has been one of our fans for forever now, and, like, Nick was uh, throwing, like, gar- metal garbage cans around and shit, and, like, and the this fan was like, maybe you shouldn't do that, and he was being, like, reasonable and, and, and like, normal-voiced. He's like, I don't, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't do that. And Nick was just like, fuck it, Threw up, picks up a garbage can, throws it. <laughs> and it was just awesome. And then we went back to this house. This one person told us that we could stay at their place. So we drove back to their house, and it was a mansion. It was huge. But then they're like, ah, you can sleep in the boathouse <laughs> over over there. And there's, like, a chicken coop up there. And we we're like, <laughs> no. So I don't – I remember – I think Josh was with us, too, at the time. Josh was traveling around with us. And we went to a, a – um motel and they're like got there at five in the morning we're like we need two hotel rooms whatever and they're like what's the trailer about because we don't really like having bands stay here and he's like oh don't worry it's an acoustic duo <laughs> we've always had that joke since like we have this giant trailer and no worries there's just two acoustic guitars in there <laughs> awesome gotta be fun on the road right yeah it's always fun so what what about um so when you're when you're home and you're by yourself and you're away from Aquas, mm-hmm. what who who's Evan McFadden like? What am I doing? What do you like to do? Um, Are you a cool guy? I hope so. Um, I like to go see music. Luckily, Josh owns Ironworks, so that's always a and he's bringing amazing music there. All he's the done time. a great yeah. job. Cobblestone again. Yep, it's amazing. Um, so that's always awesome to go there. Um, We're gonna try to go see Radiohead. Radiohead, yeah, that'll be fun. Yep. I like traveling. I do like to travel a lot. Like I said, uh, my girlfriend and I were going to a destination wedding in Italy and in Malta. And then we're trying to go to Acadia National Parks. Last year we did, we went to Utah in May and we did five national or four, four national parks out there. And then we went to Death Valley all in like a week and a half or something. So we definitely like getting out there and seeing the world. Yeah, it's great. There's so much to see. And uh, what do you hike when you go to the parks? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. cool. Yep, nice. Um, so man, we're we're covering some ground here. Anything else? Anything you want to talk about? Hmm. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess uh, that's about it for Evan McFadden. I don't know if there's anybody that uh, anything we missed, but. It's a lot to this guy, I'll tell you. He's layers. He's cool. He's smart. He's freshly cut hair. Uh, he's the man. So, Evan, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Mike. And uh, I will see you next week. Yeah. And for our listeners here on the podcast, we are going to try to do something live from the 8x10. A uh, good buddy of mine, RJ, who runs a podcast called HF Pod and runs the Osiris Podcast Network is seeing Aquas for the first time, and he's super stoked to see you. So we're going to try to do something live, so look for that. You can follow us on Twitter at AllInWithAQ, and you, we also have a nice Facebook page, and our website is AllInWithAquas.com. 
So we are a proud member of the Osiris Podcast Network, which you can find at osirispod.com. Really great music podcast to check out. So once again, Evan McFadden, and thanks everybody for tuning in. Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com.